Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of Unplug with Annie. I'm continuing the series of Purpose and I have Salma Bernard on the show today. Salma is a soft skills trainer, a transformation coach, an image enhancer and a motivational speaker. She truly believes in empowering you, enabling you to live your life more victoriously. She believes that life is truly a gift from God and is meant to be lived victoriously and she wants to equip people with some of the key skills required to sail through this experience of life using life skills such as time and stress management, goal setting, effective communication and positive first impressions. Not only does this result you in being more confident and being able to take on life's challenges but truly being equipped with a a different mindset which enables you to overlook and overcome anything that life throws at you personally or professionally. So I'm really looking forward to this conversation today. I think we probably have a lot in common and I hope you can take away lots and lots from this episode. Hi Salma, welcome to Unplug with Annie. Thank you so much, it's lovely being here. Yeah, it's lovely to finally meet you. I know we've been talking for a while and interacting for a while. And um, I think this is going to be a great opportunity to hear a little bit about your story. So, um, yeah, tell us, tell us what made you want to, to go into transformational coaching and, you know, embark on this journey of uh, changing people's lives, essentially. Right. So, um my own journey is one of transformation and I will share that as we go along. But uh, besides my personal journey, which was a transformation from insecurity to confidence, um, one of the things I realized over the last 15 to 20 years is I absolutely love encouraging people. So, you know, it's, it's kind of a quality in you that just seems to come out and everything gets channelized there. So whether it's family or whether it was friends in college when I was doing my MBA, uh, then with people who I met uh, in and out of church and other settings, somehow when they would share things with me, one is they would approach me and share their situations and personal situations and I would be able to somehow throw some light or bring some resolve into it. And many got back saying that it made a lot of sense and they would implement that. Uh, which would, you know, really help them, whether it was their personal life or professional life or relationships. So I realized this is something I love doing. I love encouraging people. I love building people. I love talking to them. You know, I'm very passionate about it. And like I said, uh, which I will keep sharing, hopefully as the interview goes along, that it is my own journey from a small town girl, completely lacking confidence, thrown into a big city, And how my own transformation happened inside out, internally as well as externally. So probably having traveled this journey, it just came to me very naturally and I'm able to execute that and implement that in this profession. Okay, okay. And you talk a lot about, you know, um, gaining victory and and being victorious on this journey. So were there any obstacles? Because, you know, we we all have different, different obstacles that we face, obviously, but um, something specific and personal that you can talk about a specific obstacle which you really had to overcome and, and, and what was that journey like for you? So one of the greatest obstacles and that is something I even see, you know, as a coach is a lack of self-confidence. And, uh, you know, you can put on a mask or you can pretend and you can fake it. 
But if you feel empty from within or you have a sense of low self-esteem or self-worth, which a lot of time happens because we're conditioned in our mind. We grow up in a certain environment. It may be family issues. It may be other issues. It may be people who've spoken negative things into our life. It may be a school teacher. You know, anybody who's uh, uh, probably pulled us down and then we grow up uh, with a sense of low self-esteem. It may be our own choices of the wrong relationships. So one of the greatest obstacles I faced was uh, I came from, a, uh, unfortunately, from a broken family background. And while, uh, you know, individually, uh, my parents are lovely people, but as a family, the, the issues were too many. And uh, also, my father was pretty conservative. And coming from a very small town, when I say small town, it was almost like a village. Uh, we lived a very sheltered life. My father was a very, uh, you know, famous businessman. So we had a lot of security and all of that. And then when all of that collapsed, and I was thrown into the city from a small town back to a fast-moving metro city like Mumbai. One of the obstacles that I greatly faced, which was not so much in light in my school days with the secure cocoon sheltered life, but the greatest obstacle now was I was in college and for the education. I had to take public transport and travel. I was in a co-education college, unlike a convent school with only girls. So here I was thrown into this city where the lack of confidence was glaring. My mom came to drop me to college, you know, at that age. And she would sit and wait till I went back. I would be crying in class in college. Uh, and we're talking about like late teens. And uh, I would go back home. Uh, we had a flat in Mumbai and I used to be crying myself to sleep thinking, how am I going to get up and face the city and face the people and go back to college? So... This was the greatest obstacle that I faced. Yes, so living victoriously. So um, I realized I've been thrown into a pool. Either I sink or I learn to swim. And uh, I'm very grateful at that point in time, you know, uh, uh, I believe I got help from some good people. In fact, I was so close. I, would not, I, was, I was actually known to be very obnoxious even among, in college and among people. But... I think there were these two or three friends who came along and most importantly, that's where uh, God really rescued me. Um, you know, that typical ugly duckling turn and I'm not talking of physical transformation. I'm talking internally out also. And uh, somebody gave me the gospel and I accepted Jesus in my life. And it was a slow but a sure turn from this insecurity to confidence, the journey. I started... Um, you know, experiencing a greater sense of peace, a greater sense of self-worth, I started realizing that, okay, because I did make that decision, dude, either you sink or you start swimming. So I started splashing my hands, figuring the ropes out, becoming more confident, taking part in activities, like college activities, which I would shy out from. And uh, just sitting with myself and spending a little more time with myself, also attending these meetings in church where I would hear the Bible and the word of God and uh, things like a loving father in heaven, things like, you know, you're a new creation in God. And I started not just because I was hearing it, but I started challenging God and saying, if you're really real, I want a change in my life. And I started noticing uh, from within, you know, a change of confidence, something like just snap, those chains started breaking. And, uh, I would not speak in public earlier. I started actually anchoring my college events. 
So there was this slow but gradual but sure transformation that started happening in my life. So my greatest obstacle was a lack of sense of self-worth and esteem. And I was able to overcome that, which is why I now say, you know, living life victoriously. Because you can wear the best clothes. You can go to the best school, college, institute. You can be an actor in a famous profession. I mean, in a profession like acting or, you know, a CEO of a company. But inside of you, if your sense of confidence and self-worth is low, it is going to fall flat at some point or the other. And we'll just be putting on a mask and walking. So yes, that is the greatest obstacle I face and how I turned it into a victory. Yeah, yeah, wow. Well, yeah, that, I mean, there seems to be this common reciting theme of people I'm talking to for this series, really finding that relationship with God and um, it really being this like strength and foundation for a lot of people, you know, in terms of, finding their purpose and uh you know on this journey obviously a lot of people what ha what usually happens is even if you are a strong person and a lot of people have a strong will you know they're resilient they're perseverant but you know when when trials hit when adversity hits it kind of really throws you off that uh you know your eye might be on your purpose or your goal but it kind of gets shifted and shaky and you know the ground is shaky basically and you can really get thrown into a different direction and I, then I think that you're more prone and vulnerable at those points of time to be led astray and away from your purpose right to, to pick things like maybe alcohol and drugs and other 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 means by which we numb our pain so is there any kind of tips or things that you share with your clients in terms of when they are on this journey of, of you know seeking purpose or being more purposeful um, how not to be led by these distractions that we have, which particularly tend to come when, when you know, our ground is shaky. Yes. So um, I would say three things that I do ensure I tell my clients. Number one is, you know, I, I heard this somewhere um, and, and I was, why do we do stress on purpose? But I heard someone say this, that a bee doesn't, go around looking for its purpose. You know, it, it just goes, it sits on the flower, sucks in the nectar and makes the honey. So our sense of purpose needs to also come naturally without a sense of striving, you know, and, and we're, we're just so caught up with what's my purpose, what's my goal, what's my purpose. And that in itself becomes so consuming, like happiness. A lot of coaches and a lot of people, you know, they talk about happiness and I always question are we, you know, are we overrating happiness? You know, are we um, like, I want to be happy. I want to be happy. Where is living life moment by moment? You know, just doing, just being can give you a sense of fulfillment and happiness. Now, that is one end of the spectrum. The other end, uh, besides the first tip being that, you know, don't overwhelm yourself. Like, what is my purpose? What is my purpose? You will naturally see these are my talents clients to do like a SWOT analysis so that you know your strengths, you know your weaknesses, you know your likes, dislikes, and you know, use that and start channelizing that. Like I love orating. I love public speaking. I love encouraging people. And that's how I matched it to my purpose in terms of career of becoming a transformation coach and an image enhancer. So number one is I tell them don't get overwhelmed. Number two, I tell them uh, make sure that you map your strengths and what you like doing with a career. 
number three is to you know avoid yourself from being distracted. There's a very simple calculation that I tell my clients. For example, let's assume that a lot of my trainees in corporates as well as in institutions are of an average age, say, of 30 years or 40 years. Uh, I do have students too, and I then use this example on them. And let's say if they're about uh, 40 years old, okay? I tell them that the average life is 70, okay? Uh, if you remove average active life, for example, if you remove 40 from 70, you have 30 years left. And if you actually multiply 30 by 365, it comes to 10,800 odd days. So then I ask them, if you realize without being morbid that you have 10,800 days, let's say you're 30 years old on an average, because that's where you start saying, okay, you know, what do I want to do? I want to be stable. That comes to 14,000 odd days. And I ask them that if you realize these are the number of days left in my life, would you really stray away from your purpose? Would you really just live life, uh, you know, feeling depressed and sad or aimlessly? So these are some of the things that I do to ensure my clients. And the last thing, of course, I want to say is goal setting, a very, very important exercise that I make my clients do. Uh, and when we say goals, it's not like I want to be happy, I want to be rich and, you know, I want to do well, but smart goals, which means specific measurable, attainable, uh, realistic, and time-bound. So I do a lot of training on time management and goal setting. When I do that and tell them about vision boards, writing their goals down, measuring them, short-term, long-term goals, it just helps me to get my clients on track and to make them understand my life is precious. It's not infinite. I have these number of days. Uh, let me not get overwhelmed with what's my purpose in life. Let me map my strengths and my abilities to what I like doing. And let me have clear goals for my life, which can always be reviewed, but I need to have specific goals. All of this in an envelope just helps me uh, comprehensively to help my clients understand, achieve, value life and get to their purposes. Yeah, yeah, I think that's um, that's a re really good actual three three questions, which you know are very practical at the same time, which we can use. Um, so you you are an image enhancer as well. So one part of the question is obviously I'd love for you to talk a little bit about about what that entails, and uh, yes. the second part of it being that obviously the generation and and the life that we're living right now is so driven by technology. I know there's a current documentary which is. Um, you know, highlighting the effects of our consumption of social media and uh, and obviously with social media consumption being, the, you know, at, at its highest right now, we're seeing a lot of comparison, a lot of, uh, you know, depression increase and all of these negative effects, you know, more than positive effects, we're seeing negative effects. Um, and of course, that focuses so much on image. So uh, as somebody who is an image enhancer, do you also find this, you know, th th this consumption like detrimental to our health and how do we kind of keep a track on it, you know, keep a balance and not let it consume us? True. So in terms of image enhancing, whenever I work with any client, my focus is always the internal first. Like I mentioned a couple of times in my interview, you can wear the best clothes and the best makeup and the best accessory. 
but it would be like putting on a mask. Now, I am very, uh, I, I do believe, for example, in first impressions. They always say you don't get a second chance to make the first impression. And let's face it, everybody looks at a person before you open your mouth and they always sum you up and they always judge you. I always, for example, uh, as a Christian, you know, and you need to be an ambassador of Christ and an ambassador or a soldier always has a way of keeping themselves walk, talk and behave. Uh, but again, like I said, that cannot be a put on. It will come from within. So as an image enhancer, the main thing that I work on with clients is their sense of self-esteem. So building them up, asking them why they feel a certain way, getting them to know themselves more, doing their SWOT analysis, uh, making them write down like the recent, if you see my recent post on self-love series, so it was a whole self-love thing. And I actually made them write an autobiography on themselves because that's when you know you are forced to spend time with yourself now when i deal with the internal part depending on the client being a male or a female i also talk about the external uh let's face it you know we have these outfits in our cupboard which we always feel confident wearing those outfits or we always know that okay if i do my hair like this i feel more confident uh so the internal confidence also does get accentuated with what we wear and how we wear and how we style ourselves. However, I'd like to definitely say that um, I, at least for me personally as an image enhancer, my focus is more on the internal. And yes, I do talk about wardrobe. I do talk about accessories. I do show them how if they change something, how their look can totally change and how it can be different. But let me share with you uh, a personal incident. When I was working in a very famous media company, I went shopping every weekend. Now I'm talking 15 years back. I went shopping every weekend. We didn't even have high style brands and malls, but I still went all out, even went abroad when I would go abroad. Uh, so I would just have bags and bags and bags in my conferences of, of shopping because frankly, that gave me my confidence and my sense of self-worth. I had not really met with the Lord at that time. Uh, also, I had not dealt with my internal skeletons at that point in time. Today, it, today my sense of confidence or my sense of self-worth, of course, as a trainer, I need to dress well, but it does not depend on what I'm wearing primarily. At that time, it mattered to me how many compliments I got. My sense of self-worth totally depended on that. And I would never even repeat my clothes. When I reached a stage of getting totally burnt out, I reached a stage of, I believe God was dealing with my life and my vanity. And the lessons that I learned in that journey today makes me realize, yes, image is key and image is important. But it is not something that determines that if I wear a brand, I am there, I've arrived and I'm a confident and I'm, you know, I'm going to get the job or I'm going to get taking on the world. But it's important in its own place. So when you ask me uh, this, this world of social media and, uh, you know, all the glitz and the glamour and all of that, the first thing uh, I do tell my clients is never compare yourself. Rule number one, because everybody is on their own journey and you will never know what that person is going through, what is, I mean, umpteen number of cases of people posting happy pictures on social media and next to here is they've committed suicide. There it goes and there, that's the biggest proof. Uh, 
but that is what i say the only way that can happen is when i know myself i believe in myself i am confident of myself one of the exercises i tell my clients to do is wake up every morning and i have my own days where i do feel low look at yourself in the mirror and say i am beautiful i am precious my life is worth it i am a winner because you know what you say to yourself is really something that goes words have power your ear hears it your entire being hears it something called a power pose where when you you know automatically when you're depressed you slouch and you're feeling low just changing the posture just sitting up and changing the posture already makes such a big difference you can never say with your head held high chin up and chest out you can never say i am feeling low you will say i am feeling low you know so a lot of these exercises that i do with people in terms of inward outward animation and i say do not compare yourself and the moment i see a you know the social media is portraying this and where this and where that the balance has to come from you the sense of listen uh, yes i need to wear good clothes yes i should have some good accessories i am a working professional i am a student for all of that and a whole package is important but i don't need to be that person i don't need to have that brand i don't have to have 30 pairs of clothes and 20 pairs of shoes of this 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 brand to be a winner in life that knowing that confidence that absolute belief in yourself needs to come from within you know this this movie of will smith uh in pursuit of happiness is such a true example when he goes with that shirt full of paint and he goes there for the interview and he gets that job ultimately of course the the entire transition and the last scene where uh he says you know i thought i may as well put on a shirt and come so i really really believe uh in that aspect that no matter what you wear no matter what you do when you are walking with a clean heart you know your job you are a confident person from within you are ready to take on the world yeah yeah wow well yeah no for sure you said something really interesting as well which is you know you experienced this burn burn out when you were shopping every week and uh, and uh, another thing i'm curious about is because obviously you know in the gospel i know of course it, it is mentioned that god is close to the broken hearted but in that way do you feel that on your personal journey you had to reach this 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 place of almost brokenness and um and and uncertainty of of whom and what to depend on in order to find your relationship relationship not only with your faith but kind of get in alignment with life you know to be more confident to realize your self worth is not attached to something you know to this goal or to the act of shopping or anything like that so do you feel that that is and even working with all the clients that you work with do you feel that it takes people reaching this sense of like brokenness and you know unfortunately which a painful experience to to learn these lessons i absolutely believe in that and agree with that let's look at the situation today for example we've had a pandemic that's come and uh, everything that we thought gives us a sense of security you know for example and i'm not saying that this is a great situation to be in at all but uh, our jobs you know our shopping our traveling our holidays uh, everything material that matters so much i mean imagine just being captive in your house okay and and you've got to live like this um 
you know, everything that we thought mattered so much doesn't matter anymore. The fact that I'm alive and healthy and I need to, I need to motivate myself and encourage myself to snap out and keep my sanity going, for example, is such a shaking today. Likewise, uh, and it, it tends to ground you. What I really believe is when God, there's, there's a very famous uh, uh, act that I read. I mean, there's a very famous simile that I read that, uh, you know, a wild horse, uh, how they train the wild horse. It was a Nat Geo, National Geographic documentary. Apparently, they put it in a room and they, now the horse is very rebellious and, you know, really wild and all of that. And they uh, throw in wheat into the room through a pipe. So the, the wheat is gushed into the room. Until here, the horse is neck deep in wheat. Now the horse can't move, obviously. So they send the trainer, the, the actual trainer who's going to spend time with the horse because there was no way that horse was going to let the person come on its back. No way it was willing to get trained. And uh, uh, the trainer creeps onto the wheat and goes near the horse and starts talking to the horse. So he listens to the voice of the trainer and starts feeding the horse, for example. It starts smelling the trainer. Over a period of time, okay, as the, the wild spirit of this horse breaks, they let the horse out. They keep doing this over time. And then it allows the trainer onto its back. What am I trying to say here about breaking, you know, about breaking? God also does not have a problem with us, you know, uh, and our sense of who we are or how he's made us, how we naturally are. But for the wild horse to be used to be productive, okay, something in that horse has to be broken. And that is that whole spirit of, you know, uh, independence. Again, there's nothing wrong in being independent, but that willful rebellion and disobedience that we have, but to be used productively, that has to get channelized. Likewise, I truly believe, you know, the incidents in life that tend to break us or ground us or humble us always help us becoming more productive and channelize us. You know, the kind of, uh, there's a scripture in, in, in the verse which says like a weaned child, you know, I have quietened myself. So when a child is nursing, they tend to be more restless and when they are weaned off the mother, they tend to get calmer, you know. So I believe incidents in life that break us, you know, whether it can be uh, losing a personal uh, loved one, and I know that's painful. For me, there are many cushions under me that have been taken. Like I said, I was very happy with my glitz and glamour and media life and a big fat salary and all of that happening. There's nothing wrong, but it was kind of getting me off track. Vanity set in. I was losing my sense of not character, but you know, uh, arrogance, okay, and a, a lot of these other things. When that got pulled out from beneath me and when that broke me, there was a relationship issue that I had and that didn't work out and that also broke me. Uh, today, I can confidently say I'm a much calmer, like the beam child. I'm much more mature. Uh, like I said, if I, uh, I can do this interview with just a t-shirt on. It will not get me panicking and, you know, it will not get me, oh, shucks, I can't do this interview. And I can do this interview with a suit and a jacket on the same way, you know, with the same passion and the same belief. So I think that's what happens when you go through brokenness. You just end up getting more mature, more grounded, more stable, and your energies get channelized in, the, in a more productive manner. You also end up thinking about others more than yourself. You know, you move from being inward looking 
to be more accommodating and more outward looking. Also, lastly, I'd like to add, how can I be a transformation coach and talk to people when I have not been through that journey? They're going to turn around and say, uh, how do you understand what I'm feeling or what my confidence levels are and how can you change me? But today when I tell them my own journey, they're like, wow, the, any trainer will relate most to a client or anybody when you're counseling or teaching will relate to you when they realize your personal life examples. Which is what in my book also, uh, when people read it, they say, wow, you know, we could really connect with this, for example. So I think personal brokenness is what will enable you to be used in a much more productive way. Mm, mm, yeah, no, for sure, for sure. And I can definitely relate to so many things that you said about that. Um, another question which I've been asking a lot of my guests for this specific series is the fact that because I'm talking about purpose, is, is how, you know, interesting it is that often when we're asked, you know, when we meet someone for the first time, one of the first questions is, what do you do? And, uh, you know, uh, immediately our answer is, like, our go-to answer is our job. So I feel like, you know, there's so much um, reinforcement of actually our worth being linked, our identity being linked to just our job and what we do. And, you know, when that is taken away or when that becomes rocky, when we can't depend on that, we suddenly don't know who we are without that. You know, it's almost like you, you can't quite function as a human being anymore because that's taken away from you. So how do we, how do we then find our worth um, in, 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 in ourselves in a way is I guess what I want to ask as opposed to the job that we do? Sure. So it's rather unfortunate, but this is something that, you know, right from the time as children, we are growing up, at least uh, in our context, even in, in our, you know, the Asian countries and a, and a lot of other places that we are always driven to what subjects are you going to take, what you're going to become when you grow up, uh, what do you want to do. So it is so ingrained into us that we think our idea, it's like when a baby is born, uh, parents actually hold the child and say, oh, my child will a doctor, banega, you know, or engineer, banega, for example. And sometimes even the dreams that we as parents, uh, we had for ourselves, which we couldn't fulfill, we want our children to fulfill. And I think it's very important uh, for the new generation coming up, uh, for people who are going to get married. And fortunately, things are changing. But... Uh, we need to ensure that when we bring up our own children, this is not something that we do. Like, for example, for us, me and my husband, I have not, I have probably asked my daughter casually, but never asked her, oh, you, you've not figured out what you want to be. She's 10 now. So um, the sense of my identity comes from what my job is. Um, you know, again, this is a scripture verse that God said to Adam to tend and keep the garden. Okay. He said to tend and keep the garden. But besides that, Adam had many roles. Adam walked with God. Adam had Eve. He made him for procreation. He gave him dominion. He just said, tend and keep the garden. So just maintain it. But there were so many other things that God asked Adam to do and to be. We are human beings. We are supposed to be different things. We have, and I always tell my clients, to write down their roles and their goals. The, a goal for each role, whether you're a mother 
whether you're a wife, whether you're a father, uh, your goal and your role in terms of a professional, your goal and role in terms of social service that you do. So I always encourage clients, when you write down your goals, I want you to list, I want you to list down all the roles that you play and a goal for each role. Helping them to shift out of my job is my identity. And, you know, I love the, the actor Tapsi. She always says that uh, I act and uh, acting is just a part of my life. It is not the be all and end all of my life. I'm a sister. I do business. So she has these businesses that she does and things like that. And I'm very encouraged. And at least for clients who come to me, this is exactly what I tell them. Take a break, take an off, even if you want to take an off from your job and start exploring yourself more like social service. You know, when you do social service, you just feel so good about having given to the society. So uh, I remember my dad, uh, he was an NRI. And he always traveled and I actually felt sick, missing him and fretting for him. And he opened this cupboard once full of money and said, I'm doing all this for you. And that time I just wanted my father's love. And, uh, you know, the notion as parents we have is we are working hard. We're doing this job for our children. And I always tell clients that your child needs you even more than your money. Of course, we need money. So uh, it's very, very important to split your identity from just the job that you do. Because if that job goes through ups and downs, which it does, your life will be a yo-yo fluctuating exactly like that. Our sense of worth and fulfillment has to come from the hobbies that we pursue. It can be gardening, it can be painting, it should be the very roles that we play. And, you know, being a human being means being. It does not mean just my working or my job. That's something I always tell. And like I said, the newer generation, fortunately, is at least a little more conscious of this. But family, the support system, the friends we have, we should build a network around us where we don't just talk shop, where we encourage one another to say, hey, listen, what's happening in other aspects of your life besides work? So I think all of this consciously when it happens, uh, it will just help us break away from my identity is the job that I do. It's a wholesome part of my being a human being and life is beyond just doing a job. Yeah, yeah. No, I think that's great advice. And yeah, I think... Um, you you summed it up nicely in 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 saying that it's it's definitely we are so multifaceted. It's so important that we realize that and we realize we have the ability to do many things. I think um, yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of fulfillment to be found in doing many things. I feel like the minute you're put in a box, you know, you get com completely overwhelmed and you feel even more stuck actually. But if I was to talk a bit about the, you know, pandemic experience and everything that we've just gone through, is there like a, a lesson for you during this time? Obviously, we've been in a situation where, uh, you know, we, we couldn't have expected something like this. We've been at home. Like you said, things have been stripped away. Uh, we're, we're being forced to spend more time with ourselves. Um, how have you personally used this time and, and what has been your biggest lesson or biggest takeaway from this experience? Sure. Uh, to start with, uh, of course, everything was so surreal. And uh, uh, for me, the fact that I am healthy, I'm alive, my family is with me, uh, it was just a whole feeling of gratitude for just being alive. 
also the fact that we have resources at hand. I mean, there were people who lost jobs and could barely survive. So realization and a feeling of gratitude was something that was extremely um, uh, overwhelming and it, it hit my face. And that just helped me when I would wake up and say, okay, my gosh, we're stuck, but I'm alive. I have family around me and I'm blessed. I have food to eat. So that was one realization, gratitude, that, you know, really, really helped me stay afloat. And uh, uh, that, was, that is one of the key things. The other thing that I did was we had a lot of extra time on hand. And like I said, I train on time management. And my whole point is, I can either sit and wait that lockdown will open and then I will do things. What is it that I can do? And there was a lot of things, for example, as a coach and as a trainer, one of the important essentials is that we need to keep self-investing in ourselves. I always tell my clients, invest in yourself, which means reading, which means you know, uh, uh, self-help books, which means motivational videos, which means doing upgrading courses, probably in the line of your heart skill, because knowledge is power. So I used a lot of this time to upgrade my own skills, to watch a lot of motivational stuff, how other people do it. Also, uh, uh, courses that help me enhance my skill, a lot of webinars that I attended. So, and I had some exams that I had to give. Uh, another thing was, there's a lot of material that we need as trainers. So I did a lot of my own recordings and content to put out there. So it was the perfect situation for me where otherwise there's travel time, there are other distractions, there's, you know, a lot of other things to do. I could just, I could just use this time and consolidate all my material and matter, upgrade my skills, invest in myself. Another thing that I also very uh, importantly did was... Uh, pick up the phone and encourage people because people are so vulnerable right now. Uh, a lot of the Instagram posts as well as the YouTube videos, but besides that, to just be able to give people perspective, you know, listen, retain your sanity. So, and it, like I always said, it gives me great joy to build people and encourage them. So I had a lot of extra time on hand to be able to build people and encourage them. So I think these were some of the key things that I invested time in doing. And frankly, uh, I don't think there was a single day that I wasted, to be very honest. Because one is, you need to be self-driven. When you are self-driven, when you, you know, have focus, persistence, you know life is precious and time is short and you are self-driven, you are going to say, hey, listen, let me get up and get going. I, there are times I do fail and fall. It's just that this tenacity like a to bounce back which I have got to thank for I'm always able to bounce back you know that elasticity which is there so barring probably initially wondering you, you just trying to get your bearing around what's happening and you keep thinking okay tomorrow this is going away and you know we've been praying and all of that but then I was like when it goes it goes when it opens up it opens up God shut the door of the ark he opened the door of the ark in the meantime let me get doing what I need to do so that's how you know I've been using this time yeah, and, and that's what I want to tell everybody. Just keep doing what you can do. When it goes, it goes. Be grateful for being alive. Stay safe, stay healthy. See how best you can give to society. Self-invest in yourself. And tomorrow will be a better day because God is the God of hope. Well, thank you so much, uh, 
Thelma for sharing and coming on and um, yeah, giving us giving us some sharing some of your wisdom and and what you what you teach your clients as well. Um, I hope this is going to be super useful for a lot of people. So thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Been uh, been a pleasure being with you. And uh, uh, yes, maybe all just be and do and fulfill our purposes with a great sense of joy and victory. Yes, yes, definitely. Well, that was the end of another episode on Unplug with Annie. I hope you tune in next week when I talk to another exceptional guest. As usual, every Sunday, we're continuing the series of Purpose and I hope it thoroughly, thoroughly speaks to you. It affects you. I hope you're inspired to share the message with someone and I hope that you have already subscribed to the podcast. If not, please go to www.unplugannie.com and you can find all the podcast links as well as other links and articles which may be of interest to you. You can also subscribe and receive the weekly email newsletter to your inbox and be part of the family in a more active way. Until next week.